This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome in to The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. Carmen is out. Shane Orling in with Mike North. Mikey, what's up, buddy? We got college basketball. It's the I best mean, time of year. I mean, you're right. You're right, Shay, because I'm going to tell everybody this. The best time is not to go to March Madness when, when they pick the brackets to go to Las Vegas or anywhere else. This is the best week. I mean, there's like 22, 23, 24 games on before 6 o'clock. I mean, it's been crazy. Me being at home, I love every minute of it. Uh, I just think that it's a, a great thing for college basketball. The games have been great yesterday. And I tell everybody, you know, when you pick two games, I'd say in my lifetime, two games, big games, 60% of the time you push one and one. Uh, 20% you may win both. 20% you may lose both. Yesterday got off to a pretty good start Uh I did have Auburn plus three. I was happy to get a, a push on that, and then I had a winner. So, I mean, one zero and one's good for the first day. I'll tell you what, there's been some impressive moves. My winner was Duke, and they were by far the best team yesterday, in my opinion, Shay. Yeah, and if you look at Duke, too, one thing that I was all over, that's a team started out kind of slow. John right. Shire, new coach, had a lot of really highly touted recruits that didn't pan out right away, but it's a team that's clicking right now. Mike, that's something you got to look at when it comes to college basketball. Something yep. people forget. It's not always about the best team over the course of the season, which I think has been Houston. That's not to say that they aren't going to win the tournament. They absolutely could. That wouldn't be a shock to anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's really about the team that's playing best right now. So Duke is one of the teams I think we should start with because they were my pick. And I didn't get a chance to say this on here, but uh, Tyler Rocky and I both put out on Twitter, we do basketball, you on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Duke was our pick to win the ACC tournament. They're playing so well right now. Tyler Rocky, you could tell Tyler for me, Jim Boeheim, 47 years of dodging and ducking and one title. But give him, give Tyler my best because I love him. You guys, I'm sure it's, it's a great show. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're absolutely right. It's it's unpredictable. Duke, yesterday, John Shire, I tried to ruin his life. People, to, people that remember when I was on at the other station, I had him on trying to talk him into going to Illinois. And then I had his mother and father on. I was doing Illinois' dirty work. I was doing a better job than Bruce Weber. And the kid had enough sense to say, nah, I don't think so, Mike. I'm going to go to Duke. Otherwise, there'd be a whole different type of history. Shire, to me... Is likable. How about that? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. 99, when he went, when he was a senior at Glenbrook, I, he was on the station three, four times with me. And I tried to talk him into going to Illinois because Illinois wasn't getting any kids. I said, this is a good opportunity for Illinois. But, and Bruce Weber's brother coached Shire's high school team and shunned Bruce Weber. I mean, and went to Duke and did the right thing. That being said, he's a likable guy. I'm wishing him nothing but the best. And I think Duke's got a real good chance to win this whole thing. In fact, folks, I like him today. I know that you got to listen to the podcast because we don't come on till 8 o'clock. So we're going to make some picks today, Shay and I, that are absolutely going to be uh, before the uh, on-air time at 8 o'clock. Although we'll have a, I'll have a pick for you after that. I love Duke today. You're right. I'm, I'm going to ride the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, and like we mentioned, 
like I mentioned anyway, it is about the best team at the best time. And right, right now, another one, Mike, another blue blood that should be getting probably more love than they are because they started this season. And I think maybe a month ago, it wasn't long ago, mm-hmm. fans were showing up with signs that said to, to Calipari, please leave. They wanted him <laughs> gone. Get out. No, no more Calipari. Get out of our program. Now, all of a sudden, they finish the season in the poll. They're going to make the tournament. They're going to yep. be one of, you know, in the top half of the seating. And this is a team, frankly, if they get everything together, they might have a chance to win a national title after everything that went wrong. They're 45 to 1 right now, depending on where you're looking at. Yeah, I think that's, you know, 45 to 1. Look, there's a reason. You don't have to put a ton of dough on a 45 to 1 shot. You could put 25 bucks on it. You could put 100 bucks on it. You could put 50 bucks on it, or you could put 10 bucks on it. If you think that's the way to go, Absolutely. I think this is a live tournament. I, but every time you say that, it ends up being the pedigree like Kansas well. last year. Uh, but I will tell you right now, there's there's some interesting games. And you can get a you can get a take on how March Madness is going to be, the, the actual tournament, by watching, like, like Shea says, some of these teams right now. I, for instance, for instance, we just talked about Duke. I think Arkansas... I think Arkansas is going to lose to A&M today. They're plus one. They went through a tough game last night. Auburn started coming back after a 15-point deficit. Arkansas has been one of those teams who has been getting better and better. But I look at the spread. I look at the A&M situation there. Seems to be quiet. Not a whole lot of uh, ballyhoo. I'm taking A&M in that one. Well, let's bring in a little local, too, because the Big Ten, I mean, talking about teams that could see their way out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. When we watch the Big Ten tournament, it isn't it it feels like almost an indictment that to start this thing, uh the first four or five games even, the lower seeded team won each of the first five games. It right. took until game six when Maryland, the fifth seed in the conference, finally was the first higher seed to win a conference tournament game. Isn't that a little bit of an like when Ohio State, a team that went, I think, one in thirteen down the stretch of the season, mm. can win two tournament games in their yep. conference? It's yep. an indictment on the conference. Absolutely. Mike, how do you look at Purdue right now, one of the favorites to win it all eleven to one? I think they have the fifth best odds. How do you look at Purdue or any of these Big Ten teams and go, we can actually project them to be in the second weekend? Forget the Final Four, the Sweet 16. I agree, because you know what? If if Edney was still on the team, I mean Ivy, was still on the team for Purdue, I'd love Purdue. I just don't think they have enough around the uh, the kid, uh, the, the center. Zach Eady. Zach Eady. I don't think they have enough. That being said, I know this game was played by the time this this podcast is up or whatever. I would lean today. I would have leaned or probably maybe put a little change on Purdue for at least the first game. But you're right. They can win a first game. Can they win the second game? Can they win the third game? Because you're right. Purdue didn't impress, like you say, coming down the line. The last few games did not impress me a whole lot as a team that I think is going to be there at the end. One of the bigger games that's going to tip off, and if you're listening to us on the radio, it'll tip off in about 20 minutes. If you're listening on the podcast, 830 Central, Texas TCU tonight. Texas, a a two-and-a-half point favorite. Now, obviously, Texas started the season number one in the country. They were incredibly well-recognized in terms of talent. Chris Beard, who was their head coach and is no longer, was – 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they had all of this pedigree preseason, and obviously things got off the rails with their head coach, but not off the rails enough to really damage them in terms of going to the tournament. They're still one of the better teams. They should be a two-seed. And Texas TCU, how are you looking at this one? Texas with, uh, I believe it's Rick Barnes, right? Um I forget who. Oh no! Is that, yeah, no. Is that is that what's his name? Shaka. Uh, Sh- no, Shaka's. Shaka was at Texas. Yeah, Shaka's elsewhere. Um, Sh- Shaka's at Marquette. It's Rick Barnes. I mean, he keeps moving around, isn't it? Who's the coach, head coach of Texas? The, it, well, it was Chris Beard. I'm looking the interim. No, Chris Beard was Texas Tech, wasn't he? Why? I thought he got fired from Texas. It's Rodney Terry right now at Texas. Rodney Terry. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Barnes is at Tennessee. Rodney Terry. I, I, Texas breaks my heart. Do you know Texas has never won big for me? I, I just think it's a pedigree school. But when's the last time that Texas has really made an impact with any, any sport, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, they're barely hooed all the time. And the bottom line is that they don't do much for me. They're stayaways, or I'm going to bet against them usually. I, I do the same thing with Bob Huggins. I love Bob Huggins, but I bet against him the other night. I knew he was going to get his butt kicked by Kansas. I just knew it, even though they had been playing better. There's just certain coaches that I've been accumulating over the years that when it comes to the big game, and I'm sorry, Kenyon Martin got, got hurt when Bob was at Cincinnati. That was going to be his national championship. But Bob Huggins is going to the Hall of Fame with no titles with no major titles, and I think that it's good that he's going to be one of these guys that tries to make noise going down the line, but I think he's about strung out. I don't trust Texas. I don't know about you. Uh, Yeah, I I just, the the Big 12 has been such a gauntlet, but I do think... best conference in the country. Well, that's what everybody says, and they think they're going to occupy the Elite Eight, but you know how that works. Well, you know how this is, too. The ACC gets pooped on, and they might have two, three teams in there by the time it's all said and done, you know, in the final eight. Who knows? Well, we know the Big Ten won't. I, I do want to <laughs> I do want to ask about my team, too, because I, I, I've done something terrible. I, I've i spent all season talking about what a joke it is that Tom Izzo left scholarships open because he didn't want to get into the portal. Mm-hmm. And then I went and bet on Michigan State to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't think that's a bad bet. But you know what it is? And this is another thing people have to look at when you're looking at like where— Tom where you want to go in March Madness. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know which team has the best players. You don't nope. need to know. All you got to know, do you have a good in-game coach? And do you have good guard play? If you can shoot threes and you can get effective play out of your guards. Like, Mike, am I wrong? That's the biggest problem with Purdue. Everything runs big. Everything right. goes through Zach Eady. That's There's it. not enough creativity in the guard play. Where, like, a, a Michigan State with Joey Hauser and, uh, and Walker. I mean, this is a team that... It's not the most talented he's ever had. It's not the best coached he's ever had. But they have the guards to make things happen, and they can shoot threes. They'll be okay in the tournament. Well, I'm going to just say this, too, and you could ask Carmen. Carmen sometimes names players I've never heard of because that's not my system. My system tells me overwhelmingly today that Michigan State, by the time people listen to this, I mean they play a 130 game, that Michigan State won this basketball game by more than four points. That's what it's telling me. Now, uh, you know, I know the coach. I, I interviewed him his first year. I knew he was going to be great then, and people used to make fun of me, and they don't make fun of me anymore because I just got— Well, uh, they do, just not about that. Oh, a million things, believe me. Uh, But that's not one of them. Uh, Bottom line is that that Tom Izzo, he's made for this. Ohio State, uh, not as well thought of as in the past. 
I think that A was their Waterloo. I think Michigan State won this game already. And like I say, with Purdue, Edie, you can you can gang up on him. He'll put the ball on the floor sometime and expose himself, trying to get to the basket. And you're right. The the other guys around him just aren't good enough. It's the Odds Couple brought to you by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North. We'll talk to Luper Gandy coming up next. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Welcome back into the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North and Luke Brigandi joining us. Luke, what's up? What's up, guys? How are we? Feeling good, Luke. Getting ready to roll. We got a lot of stuff going on, I'm sure. Prop Swap just rolling right now with the tournament. Uh, I bet you a lot of action going on, Duke, after what happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, these tournaments are, are a blast. Um, you know, it seems like, uh, that Kansas situation with like Bill Self is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously going to miss the big 12 tournament. So, you know, what do you do with some Kansas tickets? Maybe you sell it on prop swap. I know we've been selling a lot of Texas tickets. They, um, have finished second, I believe so far. We'll see if they can win the tournament now. Um, so Texas is hot. UConn hot um they beat providence did yukon on thursday mm-hmm. um you know yeah i mean it's to me like this is the time to find some value before the bracket gets set on sunday night um so maybe you grab a team that is a two seed or a team that's going to be a one seed like potentially ucla um before that happens because once you become a one seed the odds will right. drop even further so you can still find some value now because once they get a one or a two seed, then the odds will go down because they have an easier road. Luke, you brought up Kansas, which is interesting, especially the Bill Self situation, and he's going to miss the Big 12 tournament. Are you starting to see a little bit of a sell-off with Kansas? Because in college basketball especially, I always think back in 2014-15, there was a spat where a really talented Syracuse team lost Jim Beheim for a stretch of games, and without Beheim, that team was horrible. But with him, they were good enough that they got into the tournament and they made a little noise. Are you starting to see with, like, Kansas is one of the most talented teams in the country, but without their head coach, you can see a bit of a drop-off. Are people starting to sell off on Kansas? Yeah, yeah, we've seen a little bit of a sell-off on Kansas, and that was my point with Texas. I think people are moving that money into Texas, um, University of Texas. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that makes sense. Obviously, you know, not a huge concern now. Like, they'll probably still be a one seed no matter what happens. Kansas will. Um, so the concern is much larger if he misses next week, of course, when the game start next Thursday. Um, so, you know, still got a week to figure that out. But definitely we've seen an uptick in other Big 12 teams um, getting sold on props up, bought and sold, of course. Have you seen a downtick or maybe just like people selling a lot of Purdue and Bama? You got Purdue, the one-man show it looks like right now. People don't believe, I don't believe, in Purdue maybe being there at the end, even in the Big Ten tournament. And Alabama, with the issues that they have, what's, the, what's your take on those two? Yeah, uh, agreed on both of those. I would be selling both of those teams. I still don't understand what's going on with this damage situation in terms of the, the judicial process. I thought that guy would have been not playing by now, at least from a Bama perspective. Like put, put the courts aside, at least Bama would suspend him, but apparently it's not happening. So at this point, it looks like he's going to play the whole tournament. So 
Um, but to your point, yeah, Bama is now eight to one odds at MGM, and then Purdue, Purdue's around eleven to one across the board. I'd be selling both of those teams on prop swap. Uh, Bama, you could have found at forty to one earlier this season, so you'd be making more than ten, uh, four extra money from forty to ten. So if you bet a hundred, you could sell it for four hundred on prop swap right now. And then Purdue, I just like. Big men in the NCAA tournament just don't go well. The game gets faster. It's more focused on free throws. And, like, style of play for a large post player just doesn't work typically in the postseason. So I I don't trust Purdue either. Uh, Luke, is there any value in looking at some of these teams like Duke and Kentucky who are 40 and 45 to 1, respectively? But they have a ch- even in Iowa State at fifty to one teams that have a chance yeah. to win their conference tournament. Is there any value in buying on those teams right now, or are they such long shots that you're really just kind of throwing away money? I think there's absolute value on those teams. I think you know uh, we talk about it all the time on the show. There's uh, since ninety two, nineteen ninety two. There's never been a number one ranked team lose as frequently as this college basketball season. It's happened eight times. That hasn't happened since 92. So what that tells me is there's a lot of parity and there'll be a ton of upsets in this specific college basketball tournament relative to other seasons. So absolutely, there's value in taking teams like Iowa State, Kentucky, uh, Xavier at 50-1, to I think is a great pick. Sean Miller is an excellent coach. Xavier struggled Um, last night with DePaul. Did you see that? Yeah. Took everything to win. DePaul should have won that game. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Definitely a small hiccup, not the way you want to get going into the tournament, but I, I still believe in Sean Miller as a coach, but I agree with you. DePaul almost knocked him off. Um, so we'll see what they can do in the rest of that tournament. Um, but yeah, to me, like the way to approach this tournament next week is buy a basket. What I mean by a basket is buy like seven or eight teams, mm-hmm. whether you can get them on props up or your local sports book, seven or eight teams, pick three or four top you know, 10 teams, three or four teams in that mid-range, to your point about, like, at Iowa State. And then just, you know, if one of those longer-shot teams makes a little run, you can sell it on PropSwap, and you cover all the other bets' money. So, for example, you buy a team for 50 bucks, you sell it for 500 Once they get to the Sweet 16, or Elite 8, that covers all your other bets. And now yeah. you're free-rolling all the other teams that you have, and you're in an excellent position, and all that has to happen is one of those teams gets to the Elite Eight. Uh, let's switch gears to the NFL. I want to ask about the biggest story right now, and is there any value still in buying on the New York Jets with it looking more certain than not that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback next season? Yeah, wow, is that that's what's happening? Uh, I mean, I've certainly seen the rumors. Um, I mean, the Jets have been... Well, the report, from the, Di- the report from Diana Rossini yesterday that Woody Johnson, the owner, left that meeting optimistic, and yeah. I, I know the decision hasn't been made yet, but doesn't it feel almost like a certainty, or is it too much of a risk to buy on the Jets? Yeah, uh, shameless plug of Woody Johnson, also a University of Arizona guy. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, like, he's he's an optimist guy, you know. Looking at the odds, rumors aside, reports aside, strictly looking at the odds, the Jets have been low this entire offseason. So clearly books are hedging against that opportunity, meaning the books do think there's a real uh, path for Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. So I get it. Um, but th- if the question was, is there value on buying the Jets? No, that, that opportunity was – 
That that yeah. window closed months ago. Like yeah, not in the, the one not, right now. Not in the AFC. Hey, Luke, we appreciate it as always, my friend, and uh, continued success. It's going to be busy. It's going to be crazy. We got golf going on. You got the players. You got uh, NFL futures. You got the NCAA tournament. Uh, don't be. You're going to be exhausted, but a good exhausted. <laughs> That's right. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Chet. Uh, Enjoy, right, Luke. Buddy. Thanks for Take joining care. us. You know what? The big men. He's right. I mean, I remember Ralph Sampson. The guy was seven feet tall. They were picked to win it every year. They Four years, he didn't win it. Now, there was a Patrick Ewing situation. That was back 40, 30, 40 years ago. It just seems like, well, Edie's been one of those guys, Shay, that's been absolutely a freak. Because you don't see a lot of talented big men anymore in the NCAA like you used to. Well, it's getting, it's just getting smaller. Like, there's so few seven-footers. I was at the game last night, Penn State and Illinois, and you look down the roster sheet, there's nobody taller than 6'10". Right. And it's just, that's the game in general. Like, in the NBA, we've seen the game get out to the perimeter. We've seen the, the game... The game is the floor has opened up so much and it's now getting to the college game for so long. College kids couldn't hit threes. And it feels like now you see more and more teams are shooting 35% plus from the perimeter. Yeah, they can't hit free throws. There's a lot of games that are decided by free throws. They can't hit free throws. I will tell you this. uh, I watch a lot of NBA. I watch a lot of NCAA basketball. The thing I love about NCAA basketball, they'll die for a ball. They're, they'll play when they're a little dinged up. Uh, you'll see effort just for the front of the uniform where you're not seeing the same type of situation. And opening the floor has hurt the NBA as far as scoring 235, 240 points. is a joke now. But it's opened things up where... Well, what is that about? I mean, we see points in other sports, and it's great. Eh. Why is it with the NBA? It's like, what well, points, screw this. Because you don't see effort on defense. If you saw some effort on defense, what is it? you know what they do? They jump at guys now at shooters. They give them two, three feet of space. They never used to get it. Now, I'm not saying it's got to go back to the 80s where Jordan would take a drive and four guys would knock him into the fifth row. But, I mean, it's gotta, there's got to be a happy balance. But as long as the three-point shot's there, and you're right, college has gotten better because for the first few years when the three-point shot came in, they couldn't, sh- they couldn't shoot dead. I remember a guy named Mateen Cleaves was like the Big Ten player of the year. He couldn't shoot. And and you know what? It just has gotten better. It's made it more interesting. I don't like – I like defense a little bit more, but I'm not against what's going on. Quarterback movement going on in the NFL. Obviously, the draft is coming up. We'll get into some of the NFL futures next. It's the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco. He's in New Orleans enjoying himself and getting the hell away from this snow and here with Mike North. Mike, the, the story's dominating the news cycles all of this week. The NFL has become a little bit like the NBA. There is so much player mobility in a league that used to have none of it. It used to be if you were a quarterback and you were any good at all, you stuck with your team for basically your entire career. Now, guys are moving like like it's the NBA. They're, they can't get away from their teams quick enough. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks like the guy that would sell you marijuana cookies back in the 70s. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, I've had enough of What is he doing? Well, here, I'll give you a perfect example. Last week, and folks, if you go back to last week's podcast between 523 and 615, because I went back and actually did some gumshoeing, okay? 
I said, and this is no different than Aaron Rodgers, Kevin Durant was a giant pain in the ass. I can't believe he's healthy, and he's going to end up getting hurt. You watch because his frame is not conducive. I mean, he's already played 13 years. What happens? He gets hurt. Now, I'll go to Aaron Rodgers. I think he's an issue in the clubhouse. I think he's a pain in the ass. I think there's he's a diva. And, and to go to the AFC, as a man that's been in, had different businesses in different situations, okay, in my life, the business decision to go to the AFC would be a disaster, I think, for Aaron Rodgers. That's my opinion. The Jets, I see Jet players throwing cheese heads into a fiery garbage can last night. They're acting like infants. They're professional football players. The and Aaron Gardner. Rodgers to the AFC is never going to work out. You watch. Well, that's what's so interesting because the AFC, when you look at the NFL, oh. like the NFC, it's Aaron Rodgers and then infants, basically, a that's quarterback. Right. Like Jalen Hurts is wonderful. He's, fab he's a fabulous player. But it's Aaron Rodgers and then a lot of young guys and Jalen Hurts. a couple Hurts. players away from maybe turning it around. Well, so here's what I want to – because they're 35-1. Yeah. to 1, And I know it's way too early to have it's Super Bowl It's still a good lines, bet. But they're 35-1. to 1. Mike, they're telling you Rodgers is not going to yeah. be the quarterback of the Packers. Whether he's the Jets quarterback or not, he ain't going to be quarterback of the Packers. It doesn't look like it, and I'm surprised. I think maybe it was a management thing. There's no doubt about it. Most of the situations that happen in life, whether you're, you know, you're in your business and other things or the tile business or the media business, there's always comes to personalities. It's lots of change, but you know what? Aaron Rodgers signed a huge um, contract in 2022, an extension till 2026, but it's at both teams' options. He wants to get out. I just think it's a bad career decision because I don't know what the Jets bring more bring to the table than the Packers did because the Packers' division is winnable, folks. It is. I don't. The Bears, Detroit, and Minnesota. You get Aaron Rodgers a couple players, I think he's better off over there. It, he's got money. So I just don't understand why. I think he looks stupid right now. I really do. And the yeah. darkroom crap and everything else, you know, it's just, it just a little bit too much. Like you said, he's selling weed cookies. He's down. He's right? selling ayahuasca I'm going to go in the darkroom, but I heard there was a light switch. How does that make sense? What about the Rams, Mike? If you saw this story, that they, they're try, it was, I think it was Mike Lombardi said they're trying to trade Matthew Stafford. They're 35 to 1. Yeah. If they're going to, and I don't know that they are, do you really think that they could sell off Matthew Stafford? No. You know what? Matthew Stafford uh, is the guy, reminds me of the 2016 Cubs. I won mine, now I'm going to be tired next year. And I'm not going to be as good as I used to be. I wanted to get that one Super Bowl. I went to a great situation, got a lot of money, and he seems to think that that money that he's getting now substantiates himself because he won the Super Bowl. And that team has changed completely. Uh, I think, you know what? I'm not going to say some other team shouldn't go after him. Because I think if he gets hot, he's as good as Aaron Rodgers at times. The thing that always got me was when he played in the Bears division, whether it was Trubisky or anybody else that was playing against him, the Bears had a winning record against him. So I want to ask you about the uh, draft. Because yeah. 
Combine was last weekend, oh. and we've seen a ton of movement in these odds. And everybody, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Teams go to the Combine, they watch the workouts, uh-huh. they fall in love with quarterbacks. And it was Anthony Richardson oh my who moved from way out of the top six in, in odds to go number one to now plus 450. He's got the third best odds, the quarterback out of Florida, whose completion percentage was what, 53% last season? 53%. I mean, he, could, he couldn't complete a ball to save his life. No. Now he's got the third highest odds to go number one. And, Mike, the thing I keep looking at is we all knew he was going to test like a freak. Why did this change where his odds are? Like, the thing I keep th- looking back on is Will Levis also put on a show at the Combine, and his odds tanked. We knew what was going to happen with both of these guys. We knew they had big arms. We knew they would run all right, especially Anthony Richardson. We knew they'd test out as freak athletes, especially Anthony Richardson. Why is everybody falling for this trick that suddenly he's going to be the number one pick? The losers are. Most of the losers. I don't know if other people would take him. I'll say this. I wouldn't touch him. I'll tell you, I t- earlier in the year, I took uh-huh. Will Levis 22-1 to because okay. I still think the written in the stars moment is Jim Ursay sneaking up to number one, trading with whether it's through the Bears draft uh, pick, however he gets there, getting to number one and taking Will Levis. I, I still see that as written in the stars. I love Jim Irsay because when he does a video, he's blasted. He is absolutely blasted. <laughs> and when he's not doing a video. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, look, this Richardson kid I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. I've heard it all from Dante Culpepper, you know, to Byron Leftwich, uh, uh, to Ryan Leaf. Uh, but at least they had pedigree. At least they won. At least they did things. They didn't throw 53%. Uh, I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't touch Carter because he's a defensive tackle. Okay, regardless of his problems. I remember the Bears had a guy named Tommy Harris that was supposed to go to the Hall of Fame. They cut you at the knees. An accident happens. Your defensive tackle's down. I like the the defensive end from Alabama for the Bears. As far as the quarterback, if there was a Trevor Lawrence available, Shay, if there was a Trevor Lawrence coming out of college, you wouldn't even be hearing about this kid right now. Or even a Justin Field who went at 11, who went to the Bears. He'd be higher than this kid right now. Um, so I, I don't get it. I don't think he's going to go one. If he goes, I'll be stunned because 53% matters. It matters. Accuracy matters. Forget about arm strength or anything else. You know what? Everybody's still waiting for Justin. Justin Fields, they say he's got the arm strength. He's got the running ability. He could throw on the run sometimes. They still want him to be more accurate. And I would not touch a guy that was 53% in college. It's funny bringing up Justin Fields, though, because isn't, isn't this Justin Fields? Like, you get the guy. I think Justin Fields is better. I'm not well, a big not, Justin uh, Fields fan, I'm, but I liked him. I agree that he's better, but this is like like last year, Justin Fields dropped, or two years ago, fell in the draft to right. 11. He was like number one, number two. He right. fell to 11. That's how it feels. But this is the same thing. This guy yes. just measures out as an athletic freak, That's and he awful. flies up the board. I think it's lunacy. Anybody thinking he's going to go number one overall. I agree. I want to ask about defensive players too, Mike, because mm-hmm. obviously Jalen Carter was the prohibitive favorite yeah. to be the first the defensive player off the board. I hope the Bears don't touch him. Well, now you look at it. it, mm-hmm. it Will Anderson is the prohibitive favorite Love now, him. minus 250. Carter plus 400. Mm-hmm. And then the most interesting guy, Tyree Wilson, who's a media darling, at plus 500. And I think that's where if you're going to get into these markets, kind of these different kind of draft markets where you get defensive player first off the board, Tyree Wilson's the one you start to look at. 
tell everybody about Tyree Wilson because the other two guys are household names. This guy sounds like another guy like the quarterback Richardson we were just talking about. Tyree Wilson is Will Anderson if he went to Texas Tech. That's what it is. It's if Will Anderson didn't wear a name brand on his helmet. He's a sack machine. He's a monster edge rusher. If you watch the tape, he he jumps off of it. Texas Tech. Wow. I'll tell you what. I'm not going to say he wouldn't be good. I've I've lived through – I mean, I remember Richard Dent went to Tennessee State, you know. Um, Walter Payton went to Jackson State. So I'm not going to say that he's not going to make it. I just think – that Will Anderson went – I'm not going to debate that the guy might not even – he might even be better than Will Anderson. I just think Will Anderson – you always look at the guy that performed on the big stage, and lately Alabama draft picks have been coming through pretty good. And they used to it used to be the other way around years ago. We've seen a little movement in the wide receiver uh, market as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba now the favorite, mm-hmm. minus 130. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing at offshore books, the Bears are the favorite to draft him. So – Obviously, we know they're not going to, the Bears, they're not going to pick number one overall. Uh-huh. I am starting to think that they're going to end up with the ninth pick in a trade with, uh, with yeah, Chicago Bears at DraftKings. Uh-huh. The first team to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chicago Bears, plus 400. They're going to trade with Carolina. They're going to go to nine. You know, the thing with wide receivers is I think you can find wide receivers in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round. But if you have a guy that jumps off the board at you, then you'll have the guy like uh, when Randy Moss was drafted, somebody up there higher. But I'm one of those guys. I mean, we gave up a second rounder, really a first rounder for Claypool, you know, and I just said to myself, that was a mistake. And I said it at the beginning right here on the show, because I think wide receivers you can find, I think there's, a lot of skillful wide receivers that if you scout good enough, if you look hard enough, you could find a couple of plumps. I mean, where was Adam Thielen, for instance, uh, before? He wasn't Justin Jefferson, but you could find Wes Welkers. You could find a Thielen. Right. You could find guys like that at wide receiver. That's why I remember Matt Millenshay with the Lions. That's all he drafted, Mike Williams. He drafted wide receivers when he got there, and it was a colossal failure. you got to build the lines and try to find those skill position players maybe later on in the rounds. I will talk to Jim Miller next, but quickly, just yes or no, Mike, is Lamar Jackson the quarterback of the Ravens on opening night? Boy, I feel bad for him. Maybe we'll have a little time to talk about it before we make our picks because he's getting screwed around, but I know all about it's about politics and everything else. Uh, I don't think he'll... I think he should be the quarterback of the Ravens. What pisses me off is nobody wants him. (laughs) He's an MVP. Nobody wants him. Come on. All right, we'll get the horses from Jim Miller next. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North. It's the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. You're listening to The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Welcome back into the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orlingham for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, joining us. What's up, Jim? Jimmy! Mikey, Shay, how are you guys? I'm looking forward to seeing some of you hopefully on the 24th. I'm going to come out there and uh, visit you for the 25th anniversary celebration. Should be a lot of fun. But I'll tell you, I love walking around the track with live racing Having people yell, Jimmy, at me, it is. <laughs> well, I'm going to be time, there. And it means that they're doing good. 
I'm going to be there. Uh, Shay's going to be there. It's going to be a good time for uh, for everybody. And uh, Jimmy and I will will hang out. I'll try to get a couple picks from you. But it's a big time of year. Right? Uh, things are starting to cook. How's the tournament doing over there, Jimmy? Oh, oh, my gosh. This is the perfect time of year, guys, because it's a combination of when you have a sports book live at the racetrack along with live horse racing. It makes for really kind of the best time of year. So when the tournament kicks off on Thursday, we're going to have all that action in our sportsbook going on at Hawthorne. Live racing takes place that afternoon as well. So if you want to watch the games, watch horses, you can do so. You can go back and forth. We're racing live on Thursdays and Sundays now. So those first four days of the tournament, the book opens early. It stays open late. You have horse racing right there. And, Mike, we've talked about it time and again. You're starting to see that crossover from the sports better to the horse player. And this is the perfect time to introduce even more people to both of those ends of the uh, wagering forum. How much action are you seeing on the conference tournaments? Because to me, and, and Mike and I talked about it off air, mm-hmm. this weekend is actually right. better for a better than, it, than the tournament weekend. Because oh. there's some, I mean, you're going to have 150 games played this weekend. It's incredible, and that's the thing, too, and it's rapid-fire games. I mean, how often do you see teams playing on three, four consecutive days, and that's what you're seeing right now? And on top of that, if you want to play any of our local teams, if you want to play Illinois, if you want to play Northwestern, you have to be on site to be able to do so. So that's an important thing to take into regard, too. But it is. This is a whole lot of fun. And then you throw all your pro sports into it, but really the focus is on college We've added channels. We've added screens. We want to give everybody basically every game that they want to see. So it's worked out perfectly for this time of year. Well, I'll tell you what, Jimmy, it's worked out perfectly. What What are your horses for today, my friend? Well, I'll tell you, last week, guys, we gave you Forte, who was the winner of the Fountain of Youth. That is going to be your Kentucky Derby favorite. So keep an eye on that horse moving forward. Three horses to bet on today or for Saturday where we can make some money going into the tournament. So we're going to start at Turf Paradise in race number six. It's the Turf Paradise Derby. We're going to bet the seven horse, Thirsty John, across the board. Then we're going to go to Santa Anita, race number eight, bet the two, Pauline's Pearl, across the board. And then we do have a 50-point derby prep at Tampa Bay Downs in the Tampa Bay Derby, race number 11, bet the six, Tampa Trice, across the board. This is an up-and-coming horse that could be very good, guys. Yeah, so you got Turf Paradise, race six, seven across the board, Santa Anita, two across the board. What race number was that, Jim? That's race number eight, Mike. Yep. Number eight, and then Tampa Bay Downs, uh, the 11 across the board. What race was that? Yeah, race 11, we're going to bet the six, Tampa Trice, across the board, okay. and let's build that bankroll. Jimmy, we appreciate it, buddy. You got it, boys. Good luck. Thanks, Jimmy. Jim. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'll tell you what. He, Jimmy, Jimmy's busy. And you know what? You're right, Jay. This tournament, if I was going to go to Vegas, folks, and believe me, I've gone to Vegas. <laughs> I'm still tired. But I'm going to tell you this. Now's the time this week. You go next week, you got nothing but mobs, people, crazy. The, the tournament next year, I might end up going to Vegas this past. Yeah. I don't remember it no, being I gotta push, busy. I got to push back. I All my, right, I love pushback. I did my bachelor party mar- the first week in a March Madness. Well, it was fantastic. Count. I mean, of course it counts, but part of the beauty. the last day of freedom. I get that it's 150 <laughs> games this weekend, and it's wonderful because there's it's less crowded. You can get to the 
uh, ticket counter faster. But part of the fun of going to Vegas is the communal atmosphere. Everybody's sweating their ass off on every game. If, if you go this weekend and there's 15 people in the sports book with you, what fun is that? Next weekend you get 400 people all sweating the same game. That's the greatest. I'll tell you what. I mean, things have changed. Your bachelor party was in Vegas. Mine was in my buddy's two-flat basement. We <laughs> run, I run a 16-millimeter Italian film. My God, back in back. Well, that was back in 1977. Oh, I better get it right. Or you'll, the wife will get mad. Well, Shay, it's time. It's time. It's time for you to make your major picks. I'm sure you got a couple. Now, the podcast is going to come up, be up by 11, 30, 12 o'clock, so we can pick games after then. Right now, the Purdue game is going to probably be taken off. We're, we're taping right now in just a few minutes. So what's your first pick of the day? Well, I want to make sure I don't give out uh, too many of the early games. I right. am, if you catch this early enough, I am betting Michigan State minus four. I think they're four and a half I like now. I'd take that out to six, probably. I don't think this game's going to be competitive at all. Ohio State hasn't played particularly well. They've played better than they had down the stretch of the season, but it was more about how badly Wisconsin played in that first game. And then yesterday, it's just riding the wave of having that first win. I think as Hoodie said on, on Cap and Hood this morning, mm -hmm. the Cinderella shoe does not fit anymore uh, for Ohio State. Another game I'm looking at a lot, and this is a 6 o'clock start, Iowa State plus 4.5, huge win over Baylor yesterday. Nice I think they ride the wave there going against Kansas without Bill Self. We just talked to Luke Brigandi a little bit ago. Not having a coach in college basketball is a huge detriment. It doesn't matter how talented you are. So much of what you do in the college game is brought by the coach and Bill Bill Self is one of the greats. You just can't match what he brings. So I like Iowa State plus four and a half Kansas. Wow, those are two nice picks. Believe me, I love the Michigan State pick, uh, especially my two picks right now. And then uh, uh, these are this is a six o'clock game. Duke's going to keep going. Duke uh, is a juggernaut. They play good defense to begin with. Maybe a little bit. Live by the sword, dice by the sword. They like to shoot from the three plenty. Uh, but they when they make them, they make them. When they lose. And don't make them. It's usually because uh, they didn't make them that they lost the game. I think they're on fire. I like Duke minus the two and a half. And Arkansas gets beat uh, again at 6 o'clock tonight. Right now, Texas A&M is minus a one. Now, those are two before. Now, we're doing the show. Is the show on tonight? We're not being preempted or anything, right? No, we're on tonight. We're on tonight. This is big. Shay's going to have the, the thing on blasting from whatever bar he's going to be at. Uh, there's no doubt about Everybody that. listen. Please, I'm, uh, I'm going to be you, at the Big Ten tournament. I don't think yeah, it would be a good look. Can you turn down Welcome to the Jungle on the jukebox? The odds couple's coming out and I'm the host. Okay? I think the NCAA would be upset with me if I'm sitting in the media row and putting a gambling uh, show on the... Uh, on the speakers on my iPhone. You know what? I'm just going to go uh, as after. Uh, you know what? The show ends at 8. Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson tonight, plus the 3 and 8.30 start. Uh, and You know what? I, I, I just think that, no, I can't, that won't work either, 8.30. You know what? I got another one. Utah Valley, minus 4 tonight, 10.30 versus Southern Utah. Utah Valley? Minus four. You got to sell me. What are we it's, doing with Utah well, Valley? Well, that's a school that's in the valley. And it's in Utah, snow-capped mountains. 
a lot of ba basketball pedigree there, as you know, being uh, uh, so diverse. So uh, I just felt, I looked at it, I said, you know what, I did a little bit of homework. Uh, I forgot, uh, you know, if you happen to listen to the podcast uh, before 830, uh, Clemson plus three is another nice pick. Clemson, uh, a big win yesterday for Brad Brownell. Probably saved his job. Yeah, I probably was going to get fired if Clemson didn't manage to win that game. If you want another really nasty play. I, I you, love nasty plays, and I also love nasty basketball bets. A lot of people probably haven't watched these two teams. Utah State, Boise State. You look at this and you go. Boise can shoot. Yeah, you go, why is Boise State a dog? That's a very good question. That's why I'm going to bet Utah State. It's one of those <laughs> where you just ride the lightning. You go, wait yeah. a minute. The higher-seated team is a dog? It was what I, it, it was a great example. It was what I did in the first day of the Big Ten tournament with Ohio State and Wisconsin. Hold on a minute. Ohio State, 1-13 down the stretch, and the lower seed in the game is a two-point favorite? I'm going to bet Ohio State. What happened? It was an ass-kicking. Well, I'll tell you what, we got six games then. We've done a lot for the folks out there. So there well, you go. I, we have. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm on Michigan State and Iowa State. And then I'm also giving you the late night chaser, 11 o'clock tip off if you want to get involved with Utah State over Boise State. Mike, recap yours. Yeah, I got Utah Valley. I mean, who wouldn't want Utah uh, Valley? Got to be all over that. Tradition. They have AM minus one against Arkansas. And we have Duke. I'm just going to, like Shea said, ride the lightning, my friend, with Duke because I just think right now, I, I will, even if they have an average game for them tonight. I think they score 70, 75 points. Listen, what a pleasure it was to do this with you, Mike. Too, man, can, as far as I'm concerned, Carm can stay in New Orleans. <laughs> I used to love New Orleans, man. I used to go to a couple times a year. Carmen going to be tired. That's the place where you go on vacation. You come back more exhausted than before you went. Thank you to Luke Burgandy. Thank yep. you to Jim Miller. And thank you to Eric Ostrowski for producing today. This was The Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. I'm Shane Orling with Mike North. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000.